Hello and welcome to the latest Red Robin Podcast Weekly, which is powered by 360 Chartered Accountants and Budget Ties Auto Centre. This week, I am delighted to be joined by friend of the podcast, Mark Lever, and podcast debutant, James Perlin, as we look back at our Round 5 victory over the Salford Red Devils. We also preview Friday's trip to the Catalan Dragons with Steve Brady from Catalan Media, joining us to give his opinion opinion on our chances in the south of France and we'll round up all the latest news and goings on at Hulkington Rovers which includes details of our round six challenge cup tie. Good evening gentlemen how are we both? All good mate yeah hi, hi Chris hi James you all right? James? Yeah good yeah. thanks yeah 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 just yeah. check your yeah. in it James. Hi right. Chris yeah, good too yeah thanks for having us appreciate yeah. it. No problem, James. There's a bit of a lag on your internet, so I'll go to Mark first. Mark, obviously, you travelled to to Salford on Friday night, and and without being too dis- disrespectful to Salford, do you think that's a, a kind of game that we should expect yeah. to be winning if we're if we're going to be competing in the playoffs at the end of the season? Yeah, definitely. They're the teams that, and it's it's not being disrespectful. It's just we've moved on a little bit, hopefully, from the last five or six years. I've a bit of improvement last year, and we had a bit of a. Beaten against Wigan, Huddersfield, St. Helens. So we needed that vital win anyway at Salford. And we, we tried to win it twice. We won at 18 up at half time and uh, let them get back in it. But then quite comfortable in the end, really. Yeah. And we'll go into the game in a bit more depth uh, in just a short while. But is, is a, a trip to the AJ Bell on a fr- Friday night in um, in March, is that one you look forward to? Or is it one that you, you just do to get out the way? I think because it was early, you go, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Maybe if later on in the season and you're maybe near the bottom, you might give it a bit of a swerve. But um, no, I went there, obviously, hoping to win. So, yeah, it's not it's not the best in the world, is it? But um, I'm sure Craven Park years ago wasn't thought of as a lovely place to go. No, no, I'm sure it wasn't. And uh, for anyone who is watching us uh, this evening, if you want to make any comments or anything like that, get involved. Just put it down in the comments section and we'll we'll bring you in. It'd be great to get your thoughts and opinions on, on Hulkington Rovers as we travel to the south of France on Friday. James, you made a, a last-minute decision to go to Salford on Friday. Was you, was you, you must have been pleased that you did make that decision in the end. Thinking about it, Chris. Yeah, it's okay. So we've just lost James for a, a short while there. I think he's just sorting out his internet. It's good to have somebody else who's got dodgy internet and not just me, uh, as mm-hmm. people keep reminding me. But we'll go into the match on uh, last Friday against the Salford Red Devils, which Rovers, of course, won 26 points to 16. Try scorers were Elliot Minchella, Matty Stoughton, and of course, Mikey Lewis got two, and Jordan Abdul got five from five with his kicks. The first try of the game actually came after 15 minutes when a short kick by scrum half Jordan Abdul was spilled by former Robin Ryan Brealey. Elliot Minchella was the quickest to react to the loose ball with him scoring under the post and that left Jordan Abdul with an easy kick for two points. The next try was scored just nine minutes before half-time after a well-timed short pass from Albert Vette, who was surrounded by Salford players, found Matty Stoughton who powered over the line from close range before Abdul once again scored an easy two points for Rovers. Salford were then re- reduced to 12 men 
four minutes before the break after Salford forward and another former Robin Ryan Lannan was sent to the sim bin for an obvious obstruction after referee Jack Smith had given repeated warnings to the Salford side. And Rovers took full advantage of that numerical difference on the stroke of half-time, with the Robins going in for the fair try of the game. Lewis Spider uh, spotted a gap in the Salford defensive line before executing a cute chip over with just him 10 metres out from their try line. Lewis runs, wins the foot race for the ball before touching down on the right uh, right in front of the travelling Red Army. Abdul again made no mistake with the conversion, which led us to going in 18-0 up at half-time. With Ryan Lannan still sat in the sim bin, Salford sat the second half with just 12 men, although that didn't stop them from claiming the first points of the half. Some quick passing along the line gave try machine Ken Seo sight of the try line and he finished off in the corner for his seventh of the season. Max Need adding the extras. Salford then scored a second try in 56 minutes after back rower Shane Wright was able to touch down a smart Need grubber kick who was, who was this time unable to add the conversion. And then Salford scored their third try of the evening just after the hour mark at a time when Rovers were probably enjoying their best spell of the second half. A long pass to the wing was picked out by Sneed, who raced 70 metres before turning the ball inside to winger Joe Burgess, who sprinted over the try line. Sneed's successful goal cut our once 18-point lead to just two, but the comeback was sniffed out when we scored our only try of the second half after 70 minutes. A high-hanging kick by John and Abdul completely caught, that completely caught the Salford defence cold. Frankie Holton plucked the ball from the sky and his pass sent Michael Lewis over for his second try of the night. John and Abdul successfully converted and then kicked a penalty on the hooter to seal the victory for Hull Kingston Rovers. Mark, you've already mentioned it was a, a game we had to win twice. First of all, how impressed were you by Rovers in that first half? Well, they looked at it from the start, um, really, Chris. I think we had to defend about four or five sets on our own line, but Salford didn't quite like look like scoring. And then we just really just took control. And um, even though we're not very fluid or we're a bit clunky at the minute, I'm sure you'll agree, uh, we just got did the, did the job. And uh, it was pleasing to see Minchella get a try and Matty Stoughton as well. So um, hopefully give Minchella a bit of confidence and all that moving forward because we all know he's a class player, don't we? Yeah, and hopefully, James, have you, have you uh, sorted out your internet? I think you've joined us again. I think that answers that question, Mark. <laughs> Maybe not, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to read out the starting lineup from from Friday night, Mark. We had Will yeah. Dagger at full-back. Uh, Ryan Hall, obviously, on the left with Sean K. Dowell inside. Out on the right was Jimmy Kinehorse at centre with Sam Wood out on the wing. Jordan Abdon and Lewis were in the halves. Uh, Tom Garrett started at prop. Matty Parcell at hooker with George King, the other prop. And then we had Lynette and Holton at second row with Minchella playing loose forward. On the be bench was Albert Vette, uh, Jez Litton, Dean Hadley, Matty Stoughton. Obviously, there's a couple of uh, big talking points in that lineup, isn't there? First of all is Jimmy Kynos coming into the side, um, a player that has obviously... Uh, not let Rovers down. He's played over 30 games for the Robins now. And I'm going to give you some stats from his get from the game on Friday night. He made 26 tackles, missing only one. Uh, he made two tackle busts, nine carries, 38 metres made uh, with an average gain of four metres. He made one offload and one error. Now, you must have been as surprised as probably I was to, to see him line up for, for Rovers, especially out on the wing. Do you think that position is there for him to keep, or do you think he's just keeping it, keeping it warm for either Ethan Ryan or Ben Crooks? I think um, we all know he's an honest Joe, isn't he? Um, and he's good, good guy to have in the dressing room and maybe uh, in the team. He's an honest Joe. He's won things with Leeds. 
Um, but did I think he was going to play and didn't think he had much of a future? No, but he'll always put his hand up, won't he, Chris? Do you know what I mean? And uh, I fear if we play him, I don't know if he played on the wing or the centre, mate. Honestly, I don't know the other night. Uh, was it on the wing he played? Yeah. I don't know, was it? I know, sorry, on the centre. I don't know. I think he did play at centre, I think, mate. Yeah. But um, I fear France, maybe, that he might get a little bit exposed. But whoever's played at that right side, anyway, in the centre or on the wing seems to be targeted, don't they? But he'll put his hand up and he's honest. He'll put his body on the line. But yeah, a little bit surprised, really. I thought Ethan Ryan might play on the wing and Sam Wood inside of him. Yeah. Well, that was definitely the fans' call, wasn't it? Ethan Ryan partnering Sam Wood. Um, and obviously what Ethan Ryan brings, yeah, his pace, isn't it? But I think Jimmy Kynars probably brings you that that bit of def- defensive solidity, which we've been crying out for. And and whether he's there just to to almost as a stopgap, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see whether he lines up against Catalan because I think what uh, it highlighted for me why not having a player like Ethan Ryan in the team was when Max Need was able to break 70 metres. You know, he's not the quickest player at all, yet we were, you know, it looked like we were shredding water at times trying to catch up to him. And, and I just feel that Rovers need a bit more pace in the team, Mark. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, luckily Ryan Hall put a right shift in from his wing and came over, you know, to cut it off. Obviously, it was inevitable inside ball to Joe Bed. She's not going to stop him there, are you? But... Um, certainly, there was a there's a lack of pace on that right edge, so I think the sooner we get that either ether in the side or maybe get a bit of pace in the squad, and um, we'll struggle in that department. I think Crooks is not far away, is he? I don't think. No, the injury update was provided by Tony Smith today, who said that Ben Crooks is, he, although not named in the squad for Catalan, that he's um, he's chomping out a bit to get back into first team action. So it definitely adds to that competition for places. James, you back with us? I am again. sorry about that, Mark. lads. Yeah, no, James. yeah, no problem. Everything, James, we're just talking, we're talking about the lineup. Swimmingly, <laughs> Mark, I'll come back to you. We just talked about one player who was named in the team who was probably surprised to see. One player who didn't feature and was probably equally surprised to see him not playing was Corbin Sims, dropped out by uh, Tony Smith for. Um, not basically not being up to standard. Um, it's not what we'd expect, is it, from one of our supposed stars from overseas? No, I think uh, Divad's opinion, doesn't he, Corbin Sims, maybe the younger generation, maybe, because he's a bit old show, isn't he? You know, <laughs> buy into it a little bit. Yeah. But us, old, us cynical old, um, well, not so much you, Chris, but maybe <laughs> me and James are a little bit more cynical and expect more from our overseas props. So, hey, Hopefully, a bit of man games by Tony <laughs> Smith, and we'll maybe get the right, maybe get the right um, yeah, yeah. response from Corbin. What What do you make on the Corbin Sims incident, James? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I must admit, I was surprised, but then not surprised. But I think I've the games I've seen him this year. I thought it was actually been it been okay. I thought you know last year was sort of pretty off the mark quite a bit, but the game is this season. I thought it'd actually been okay, but obviously Tony Smith's got a different view. Um, and as Mark said, I think, you know, he certainly does divide opinion. Uh, people just sort of think, see him, you know, he seems to be always injured or this, you know, the little niggling injuries that seem to crop up all the time. Uh, but then he sort of seems to be, you know, all right to play golf. And I think that's what, what probably winds people up, but maybe, maybe it's going to give him the kick up the backside that he needed. He needs, you know, to be honest, because um, he's certainly got the, you know, the potential and clearly and the, um, the you know, what the sort of prop we need, we've missed for, you know, a couple of years or so now. So, yeah, hopefully it gives him the kick at the backside. And if he comes in against uh, Catalan, 
you know, they've got some big forwards who, you know, might actually bring out the best in him. Yeah, I suppose my only worry with that is we saw at the start of last season, didn't we, where Corbin Sims either tries to make amends or tries to make things happen and he sometimes goes over the top, doesn't he? And, and he ends up actually reckless. costing the team. Yeah, a bit reckless. Yeah. Yeah, but one player... Yeah, he does, but I think... Some... Yeah, it can be, yeah. So there, there is that, but I think he, he actually has been more con- controlled in his aggression this season than than last season. So he just seemed to be picking up on that and and uh, and has learnt the lesson. Yeah, but one player who, who took his opportunity in the absence of Corbin Sims was Tom Garrett, wasn't it? And how impressive you've been uh, by him, Mark, in his, in his first of all his um, few games that he's played for Rovers, but in particular this game against Salford. Well, it's difficult, isn't it, coming from a championship club? And um, he started a little bit slowly, but I thought his first stint against Salford really set the, laid the platform for us. And uh, that I think that'll do him the world of good. And obviously, on the back of that, we're going to Catalans now. So it's another test again, isn't it? See if he's obviously can go that extra couple of yards like so. But no, I was really impressed with him at Salford. Uh, he was right up for the fight. Him and George King, who's, I, we all love him, don't we, George King? He's our best forward, isn't he? So... Um, is to keep them two together, they're obviously from front up on Friday, yeah, yeah. And James Frankie Holt and continuing to oppress once again, yeah. I mean, we missed a tackle. I mean, what's 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 going on there? <laughs> uh, no, I think Frankie's been, um, probably the sign of the season for us, really. You know, he's certainly, um, you know, you can certainly see how it's progressed, and it just, it just goes about. His business in just like a sort of a calm, calm, efficient, controlled, controlled manner. You, you just sort of, you know, he's got the um, the pass he laid on for for Mikey Lewis for the uh, for the ceiling try. You know, was was top notch. You know, just to be actually actually be there to sort of take take that ball from from Abdul. But yeah, it just it, it just seems to be getting better and better every um, every game. And I think you know he has been probably one of the best signings of the season for us. And just to echo what Mark was saying about Tommy Garrett, I think again he he you can certainly see the progress that Tommy's making week in week out. I think, you know his first game he played against Wigan, I think he's probably a bit nervous, as you probably expect. He didn't then didn't play against Huddersfield, but I think the other games he's sort of you can certainly see how he's sort of stepping on. And the, the, the most impressive thing from my perspective is the amount of um, yardage he's making. And, you know, uh, he just has a really strong leg drive. And it's just, again, something we'd be probably missing for a few years. And I think as he gets more confident, it's, it's going to become even better. Yeah, and some stats that back up what you've just said, Mark. He was our top tackle. Uh, sorry, James, what you just said. He was our top tackle maker with 30 tackles. Our second, uh, he made the second most amount of metres, 129. Uh, it was our, he um, joint fourth uh, carries with fourteen, and he had our, the second highest average gain with nine meters. So he's uh, he's Very definitely impressive. someone who was who, who yeah. was definitely impressing and taking his opportunity. Um, if we go back to that first half, James, obviously uh, to yeah. going at half time, eighteen points up. What what do you think was working for over so well to put us in such a good position? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Just there seemed to be a lot more, a lot more fluidity about them. The you know Abdul and Lewis, I thought had their best. We're having their best games. You know Abdul seems to sort of recovered his uh, kicking game, and I just think the forward just weren't really giving, giving Salford any 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 ground at all, and just sort of closing them down. I think you know Salford weren't really offering anything in attack, but that's probably more down to the to the Rovers' defence that was was putting on show. 
Um, and it just seemed to be actually we were actually getting back to where we were last season. You know, it wasn't you know overtly flashy. They played the conditions well, but they're actually being very efficient about what they needed to do, and would they're doing it very would it was being done very well. And then I think you know Mikey Lewis doing his his moments of magic. You know, it's probably going to become something we're going to expect from every every week now. You know, it's just the kids the kids are stars. Is a unique talent. You know, I was fortunate to see. Roger Millwood player, you know, and he's got to think he's got that potential to be that that good. You know, don't think I'm sort of being too, uh, too I don't know, what's the word? You know, too uh, optimistic, but I think he has, certainly has got that potential. No, and I think Paul Cook agrees with you because he, in his article today in, in the whole Daily Mail, he was heaping on praise for Michael Lewis and, and said that there's a lot more to come from him. So I definitely agree that the, the partnership between Abdul and Lewis um, was working really well, Mark. And and how important is it for Rovers that that Jordan Abdul? You know, it seems to be that when Jordan Abdul plays well, Hulkington Rovers play well, and you, and you definitely saw that in that first half. Yeah, I think his kicking game, as James said, was a lot better. The spiraling bombs and that was. I mean, Brally couldn't take any of them really. He struggled on the night, didn't he, Ryan Brally? Um, I'd, I'd like to see him play yeah. link up more to the Mikey and that Jordan. I think, I think the players individuals at time at the moment. I'd like to see him gel a little bit more. But that'll come. I mean, obviously, Mike is young. Um, and as I say, he's just a box of tricks, any magic. Maybe just needs to see him get rain in him, just a bit controlled on that right edge at times. But mm. no, he's going to be a superstar. We just need to keep his feet on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Albert Vette, I mean, Mighty Start and Try, it was pretty much laid on the plate for him by the hard work of Albert Vette, wasn't it? And I think it was probably one of his best performances of the season. He. Um, Albert Vetter, 18 carries, second most amount of carries in the team. And then he made uh, 99 metres, which is, you know, quite a decent return from him. And and he, I think he's as frustrated as anyone about how he performed last season. And, and I've, for me personally, I've seen a bit more intention from him, a bit more aggression and a, and a bit more, you know, a bit more better fitness levels, which, you know, people are crying out for. How impressed have you been by uh, Albert Vetter so far, Mark? Um. <clears throat> Uh, Deep breath. Obviously, last year he was obviously out of shape. Where whatever happened happened. Whether we got in an injury, signed him late, came near the line, demon, didn't he? But I want my prop forwards taking the ugly carries off his own line. Really, give uh, George King a little bit of help. But he got his hands on the ball a lot more the other night. He was hungrier. He seems to have slimmed down. Maybe lost a couple of Sharon, hasn't he? I think. So hey, I'm all for it if he gets on the ball, wants to work hard as a prop forward, and then. Not a problem. It's just uh, when he's touching the ball four or five times a game, which is uh, not the thing you want from your props, is it? So um, I'm a bit um, a bit undecided yet. Do you know? No. But... No, but I think that's right because I think I think you know George King, Stoughton, Warehouses. You know they do so much for the team, but you've got to expect that they're not going to play every game. And that's so the thing need... when when they go off, do you know? There seems to be a drop off in intensity. Yeah. We tend to get bullied then. Do you know? So. But, so we're going, we're going second uh, half time, eighteen nil up. Was there any sense of a, a Salford fight back? Could you see Salford getting back into the game, or, or was you was you thinking no, that the game's done and dusted? I had another part because I'm thinking here we go. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Looking, uh, got a bit complacent, and I think that's what it, the Rovers players did. Got a bit complacent. It was always going to come back out and couldn't play any worse really in the second half, Salford. And uh, but really, yet again, we just did some brain farts really. I think Kenny Dowell dragged Kenny Seo into just pure masculinity. You know what I mean? I can do it, but give a penalty away. Obviously, maybe Jordan tried to force that interception pass. 
maybe 18-0 for 10 minutes. You just play your sets, get it into touch. But I'm sure they'll learn from that. So, um, But, hey, it's the Rovers' way, isn't it, Jono? We don't yeah, do things easy. Yeah. It's definitely the Rovers' way. Mark, you, you play professional sport. Why is it so often that teams go in at half-time when they're in such a good lead? And you expect them to kick on and then go, you know, instead of being 3 0, it being 6 0, you know, why do they always seem to seem to fall away and, and give an opportunity to the to the uh, opposition? Because, you know, sort of case in point, Rovers, you know, absolutely cruising. Yet, if you saw the, the start of the second half, you'd think it was Salford who were, who were the team who were well in front. I think the best sides don't do it, Chris, do they? And I think that's we're a long way from that as yet, but we're improving. So hopefully, maybe another year we're on the back of that. Um, we can start doing that, but God, God knows how it happened, John. You know, we've all done it. Do you know what I mean? Where it's two, three nil up at half time, and you think, oh, we're going to batter these seven, and it ends up not that. So um, it's not just in rugby, is it? It's in football, whatever. So yeah. God knows. I'm not a psychologist, mate. Unfortunately. Yeah, and they definitely seen. You know, all the good things that they've been doing in the first half seem to stop, didn't they? In them, them first twenty minutes of the second, and when Mark Sneed sent uh, Burgess under for to score the try and. You know, they cut down the lead to just two points out. What was the feeling in, the, in that away end when that happened? Because Rovers of old would crumble, wouldn't they? I mean, I, I got about five or six lads, and uh, there's about four of, four of us there on the night. And uh, as uh, your mates, John, you know what I mean? There'll be some who's pessimistic, some who's yeah. positive all the time. I was fairly quite, I never felt under threat, really. Do you know what I mean? I had a couple of beers, so I was like quite calm. But <laughs> my mate was saying, oh, that's it, typical Rovers, you know what I mean? Shite. Um, but and yeah, we turned it round and came back quite strong again. So, um, yeah, we'd lost that game two years ago. Yeah, yeah and James just saying to Mark about how how nervous was you of, of Rovers uh, being defeated after Salford cut the, the lead down to two points? Because, like you said to Mark, Rovers of old would have probably crumbled at that stage. He, um, they would have done. I think it's. Um... Does he live yeah. in? Does he live in Westall, James? Chris. Well, Phil Barrett's commented and he says, "Is James working a night shift on the air traffic control tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> great, great to see you join us tonight, Phil. And like I said, anybody else who is watching. Uh, please comment and, and let us know what your thoughts are on, on Rovers' victory over Salford and especially when we preview the, the Catalan game. But no, like we said, you know, it was good to see Rovers actually show a bit of a backbone and, and that try. I think Tony Smith alluded it to in his, in his press conference, didn't he, that Rovers actually scored at the right times. And and for us, that try on the 70th minute, um, you know, Frankie Holton did so well. Mikey Lewis goes in for his second try of the game. Um, it, it was definitely came at the right time because Salford didn't seem to have much of an answer after that, did they? Yeah, it killed the game, Chris, didn't it? That, to be fair, and uh, it was quite comfortable in the end and uh, enjoyed the last 10, 15 minutes of a sing-song. I think we took about 400, 450 on a Friday. That's not too bad, is it? So we'd maybe had a bit of a scratchy start. So we'll always follow our team, mate, won't we? Yeah, and uh, one stat that um, pleased me, although I think he had, you know, his kicks were in, in pretty decent places for him, was Abdul 5 from 5 because it's something that I bang on about all the time. It frustrates me that... Um, and we don't seem to take our kicking seriously. Um, and that's not just Rose, I think, in, in rugby league in general. Yeah, you, uh, union, union the mad on it, aren't they? Yeah. 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 But, you know, them points are the difference, aren't they? Um, and, and Max Needy is currently topping the, the Super League charts for his goal kicking. Um, and it just shows you how, how vital it is to, to a team 
But on the whole, obviously, good and bad, first and, and second. Um, on the whole, it, you'd probably relieve that Rovers came away with a victory. Well, it was it was paramount, really. It's on the back of, obviously, Catalans on Friday. Hey, all, the, all the will in the world. Probably go there as underdogs. All right, James? Yeah, probably go there as underdogs. So we needed that. All right. Sorry about this, lads. <laughs> so, it's all right, man. No problem. You paid the bill. <laughs> I've got to get the uh, hamsters are in a bit more, bit quicker, aren't I? <laughs> you have it, yeah. Not worse, is they? Yeah, James was just saying. So, uh, who was your no. star man? Obviously, Mikey Lewis scores the, you know, almost replica of his try against Warrington. Uh, we've already talked about Frankie Holton and some of his impressive stats. Who was your star man on the night? Um, it's hard to say, to be honest. Um. I'd I'd go for Frankie Halton because he just say he just does he just turns up and does what he what he does and he does it does it well. I thought, but as I said earlier, I think Abdul and Lewis actually probably had the best games playing together on Friday night that they have all season. So Abdul's kicking game was a lot better, but overall, I'd just give it I'd I'd give it to Frankie Halton again. Yeah, and I think you missed the start of the the uh, podcast, and I would chat about Jimmy Kynost. Um, do you expect to see him lining up uh, against the Catalan Dragons? I must admit, I was surprised when he was uh, when he was selected. I was expecting Ryan on the wing and Wood to move into the centre, uh, but I probably will expect him to play again on um, on Friday night. I think you know there's probably no reason for Tony Smith to change change the winning team. The only thing that did surprise me a bit. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. Uh, on Friday night was actually how little ball went out to the right hand side. You know, I think uh, wooden wooden cannot hardly so any ball at all. And so I think to a second winning field try and uh, try and get involved. So I don't know. That was a sort of plan from uh, from Tony Smith to um, try and nullify the you know the soulful left edge. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I can see Cannot playing again. Yeah, and Rich Robbo on Facebook, he's, uh, he said Kainos is a, a player who never lets you down. Um, and Tony Smith is, is maybe just wrapping uh, Ethan Ryan in a bit of cotton wool uh, before making his return to the team. You know, mm. just like to get your opinion, James, on, on you know, Jimmy Kainos, uh, Ethan Ryan. You know, you'd probably say different players, you know, they bring different things to the team. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed is we seem to lack pace, and and I think against a team like Catalan, uh, pace is definitely something you need. Could we see uh, another Tony Smith uh, juggle? You know, because he's not afraid to make changes, is he? And 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 throw a few, you know a few surprises out there. Could you see Ethan Ryan playing on Friday? No, no, it's not. I, I can do, but I said it. I think it was surprised he wasn't there on on last last Friday night, and many thought would be maybe he was a bit sort of thinking he wasn't 100% fully recovered from me from his injuries, and I think he's having had you know lost Lachlan Coote in the Saints game, and then we've obviously now lost um, Lynette as well with the re- re- um, recurrence of his previous injury. Maybe he was just being ultra cautious. But you're right, you know, Ryan does give us a lot more pace on that wing. You know, time he plays, he seems to sort of score score decent tries. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with uh, Wood. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he may throw a curveball in there, but then, you know, 
he threw a care ball in with, with Kynhorst, didn't he? And, you know, nothing wrong with Kynhorst. I think, you know, I think he's a really good, solid player. Um, yeah, he is. But, yeah, you just never know what's going to happen in turning turn this Smith's mind, do you? <laughs> I wonder if he does sometimes. One player, Mark, that I know you're uh, a big fan of, Matty Parcell. What a difference to the side does he make? Oh, he's a class act, isn't he? I think, yeah. honestly, I think he's getting all the uh, Super League sides, if I'm honest. Um, he hadn't started the season off magnificently, do you know what I mean? Maybe after his shoulder, but I think uh, more the season goes on, if we can keep him fit, I think he, him and Jez, to a slightly lesser extent, paramount for us, really. Yeah. Yeah, and James, Jez Litton, I've seen in, in some yeah. quarters. No, I agree, getting... agree. But I think... I think... Uh, Go on, James, keep going. Yeah, I think yes, I think it went to be quite then. Uh, um yeah. Uh, for me personally, I think Pat Lytton's best coming off the bench. I think that he's been the most effective this season when he has actually come off the bench and we've started with Parcel. Um, you know, I think Parcel is is you know is a great player, and we don't seem to have had them both on the same pitch at the same time as much this year. Obviously, because uh, Parcel got injured on uh, on Friday night, so that's probably yeah scuppered that scuppered that a bit. But I don't know. I'd, I'd, I think quite like seeing Jez coming off the uh, coming off the bench in the second half, just as the uh, the opposition starting to tire and, uh, and be able to sort of exploit a few more spaces and um, create a few more gaps, etc. Yeah, definitely. And and how do you see that work, dynamic working at the moment, Mark? Because obviously it was something that was new to teams last season, wasn't it? Seeing, you know, Jez Litton and Matty Parcell on the pitch at the same time. How do you think that dynamic's working at the moment? Yeah, I think it, there's a time and a place for it really as well, uh, James and uh, Chris. Sometimes I think that I'd rather have an extra forward on the bench, you know, just to win the battle a little bit. I, I love Jez Litton, mm. uh, do you know what I mean? But sometimes you can't always afford to play two walkers, can you, you know? There's always someone else who might be able to play 10 minutes, you know, and, and do, do another job. So it's just getting it, the balance right in it. I think maybe against the bigger sides, the bigger packs, maybe just maybe go like for like, maybe. Yeah. Well, that was Rovers 26 points to 16 mm. victory over the Salford Red Devils. Tony Smith today named his 21 man squad for our trip to the Catalan Dragons. And it is Sean Kenny Dowell, Ryan Hall, Jordan Abdul, Albert Vette, Matty Parcell. George King, Matty Stoughton, Jez Litton, Corbin Sims, Elliot Minchella, Jimmy Kinehorst, Will Dagger, Mikey Lewis, Rowan Milnes, Will Maher, Ethan Ryan, Sam Wood, Greg Richards, Tom Garrett, Frankie Holton and Will Tate. Uh, Lachlan Coo is missing once again through injury, as is Kane Lynette and Dean Hadley. I think the, uh, Kane Lynette has suffered a recurrence of the injury he suffered at St Helens. Uh, Dean Hadley obviously injured again. What do you make of that squad, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kane Lynette and Dean Hadley's uh, work ethic could that'll we'll miss that, won't we? Uh, definitely. Um, Kane's been not quite at it, has he? Maybe carrying a knock, yeah. you can tell that he ain't been quite the same. And the time, don't they? The older you get, that extra season sometimes just uh, taps you on the shoulder. Hopefully, that's not the case. And Dino. Love his effort, love his um, work ethic, but he's a little bit injury prone, isn't he, uh, Dino? So, um, but two big misters to lose, really. But someone will come in, put their hand up, and it's just who we play in that back row, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, James, obviously, uh, injuries to, to Lynette and Hadley opens up the door for the likes of Greg Richards. Um, and I think that's what, what's 
Um, good about our squad this season. There's a lot more competition for places now, isn't there? And you know, a player like Dean Hadley must be must be worried because you know he, he seems to play a couple of games, injury. You know, plays a couple of games, injured again. Whereas you know, some uh, a lad like Greg yeah. Richards, Frankie Halton, Tom Garrett. You know, they're chomping out the bit. If they stay fit, they want to make that place their own, don't they, James? Yeah, and I think you know, I think it's really unfortunate for, for, for that he he always puts his hand up, and you know, last season when he sort of came back after his horrific, but yeah, it just it just seems to be sort of be struggling with injuries at the moment, um, and yeah, I think also Matt Stoughton, you have to think about Matt Stoughton probably coming into starting starting slot as well, um, you know, to take you know to and perhaps moving Minchella into the into the forward i don't know um but yeah i think you know greg richards probably needs to run in this team i think he's probably he's got that experience you know because he's obviously won a grand final with saints um and it just 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 hasn't so so far this season so it probably does need that running the team just to sort of probably perhaps give him that that confidence and able to get back up to speed but by the same token it's probably the sort potentially the sort of player we need to uh to battle it out with the uh the big catalan forwards on friday night yeah, and Mark Lackenkoop missing again through injury. You know, we've not really seen you know, half of what he can do at the moment, have we? And, and Foxy100 says, uh, just want your opinion, guys, on Coop. Did we really need him? As I think Dago is more than capable being the number one with PLT and Ethan Ryan as replacements. Should have got some more first-team props. If you just part the, the props mm. bit for a side, do, you know, I think... I think people are maybe jumping, uh, jumping the good on Lachlan Coote a bit, aren't they? And and what we don't want to see is him being rushed back too early. But but obviously the games that he has featured, he, he hasn't looked fit, has he? Um, but I do think that we look stronger with Lachlan Coote in the team over Will Dagger because the last couple of games there's been a few errors creeping into Dagger's game. I think that um, we'd have all took Lachlan Coote and it was, everybody was excited. Yeah. But yeah. pre-season's massive in professional sport. And he didn't. He didn't do a pre-season. He could sell that in that Wigan game. That very clunky one. He could sell. He hadn't maybe done the plays, and maybe Tony, because he's obviously the biggest signing. We've tried to push him into the team. Where maybe we could have put Will Dagger in early just for the first two or three games, and he'd probably be flying now. Lock and cool fitness levels wise. What when he when he start carrying niggles? A bit like was about Kane Lynette picking the injuries up at 31, 32. They're hard as you shake off when you're eighteen, aren't they? So, but I think further down the line, he'd be fine. Get him fit, he'll be a great player for us. And as you say, we all have Will Dagger as well because of his effort and his pace and his ability. But he's prone to a couple of ricks at the minute. Um, and I just love having both in the squad, really. And you've got PLT on the uh, back burner, haven't you? So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who features for our reserves because I think they're playing, is it Sunday against... Um... Is it St Helens or Wakefield? I can't remember off the top of my head, but probably, probably call it probably call it off again, Chris. Well, the last well, minute. well, I'm just going to bring you in on that, James. What do you make of the reserve <laughs> situation at the moment? Because, um, you know, if if you're struggling at the start of the season to get games played, it ain't going to get any easier, is it? Yeah. No, it just it just seems a bit of a fast, doesn't it? Really, you know, I think I think we all realised that we didn't, you know, that the reserve grade need needed to be back up and running because. You, you just can't, you know, you need to get players up to match fitness, and they're not really going to get that enough of them getting that on, on dual registration. So it, it, it has become a bit of a fast, to be honest. Um, I just hope it gets sorted out. You know, it's it, it is needed. Um, 
Yeah, it is definitely needed, especially Rich Robbo. He's he said that um, if everyone in the in the name squad is a hundred percent fit, then for me it should be Jimmy Kynos, Greg Richards, Will Tate, and Rowan Milnes who miss out. Um, you know, I think it'd be harsh to drop Jimmy Kynos after we've already mentioned. You know, he came in, didn't let anybody down. Uh, yeah. Rowan Milnes seems to be playing back up to. Abdul and uh, Lewis at the moment, he can't seem to see where he fits into into that team if them two are, are fit and playing. Greg Richards, you know, potentially he could be a man who, who misses out. But like we said, with with Hadley and Lynette missing, you know, there's there's places there for him. And I think Will Tate is probably one who does who does miss out. Uh, Tony Smith today said that Rovers will be travelling to Catalan on the day of the game. They'll be flying in and flying out, and he, he, that was his preference because he likes to sleep in his own bed. Although I'm sure that he's Travel plans won't have been arranged based on, on, on what he what is. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, you know, if you look ahead to Catalan on Friday night, Mark, it's it's a pretty daunting trip at the moment, isn't it? Especially with Catalan coming on the back of a, a twenty eight nil victory over Wigan Warriors, who had spent, I think, the best part of ten days over there in some some kind of training camp. But it's mm. it's looking like a daunting trip at the moment. It sounds as if they was on the lash, didn't it, really? Because uh, Toulouse pushed them close, didn't it? And then they got battered by Catalan. So that, that didn't work out, did it? But uh, I think with it being a Friday night, it affects us as well. We like lack of supporters going, you know what I mean? Maybe if it was a Saturday, I don't know if it you know, makes a big difference, doesn't it? It's not a working day on a Saturday, is it? So maybe that'll have something to tell. But I won't disagree with that post earlier about leaving Carnos, Millens and that out, if I'm honest. I'd like to see maybe Wood in the back row. Do you know what I mean? Sam Wood. He's quite rangy, isn't he? and uh, carries the ball quite well. And I don't think he's got quite got the pace on the wing. But whether we'll do that, I don't know. No, what do you make of that, James? On putting Wood in the second row. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Has he ever played there? I mean, he's like he's got he's got you know he's I got a bit of it. He's played everywhere. He's probably right? got the size, but has he got the is it where? He, has he got the work yeah, ethic? Yeah, yeah. Could, he's, could he's really, you know, he's struggling. Yeah, he, he has, yeah. And that could be one of Tony Smith's care balls, couldn't it? Yeah. Because we've got Dick Johnson, Adley and Lynette. Yeah, that could be one of Tony that. Smith's care balls, no? Maybe. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, ahead of, ahead of our trip to Catalan, I'm delighted yeah. to be joined by Steve Brady from Catalan Media. Good evening, Steve. You managed to sort out your, your browser problems. We're not having much luck with our insight at the moment. How are you doing, Steve? Can you hear me? It's like 1973, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, while Steve tries and uh, sorts his <laughs> internet out, James, don't worry, you're not the only one who's suffering from internet problems this evening. I'll give you the Catalan squad ahead of Friday night's game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got Tom Davis, uh, Samasoni Lange, Dean Webb, uh, Food Yaha, Mitchell Pierce, Josh Drinkwater, uh, Gil Dudson, Mickey McAlorum, Matty Whiteley, Mike McMeekin, Benjamin Garcia, uh, Alrix De Costa, Benjamin Julian, um, Paul Segeri, uh, Goudemond, Arthur Romano, Tyrone May, the returning Dylan Napper, uh, Joe Chan, Sam Cassiano, Sam Tonkins. Straight away, Mark, who are the names that stand out to you? Well, Dylan Napper's going to win on the points of proving he. Uh, uh... Probably his own debut, is it? I don't know. I'm not quite mm. sure. Um, but they seem fairly full strength there, don't they? You know, Gil Dudson's back. I think there's only Bushke, really, who's not in that team. So, 
yeah, it's not really filled me with any um, great confidence, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first game of the season, Catalan ran out uh, 28 points, eight losers against, obviously, St. Helens, the current Super League champions. They then defeated Wakefield Trinity, 24 points to 22. Um, they then beat the Leeds Rhinos, 10 points to four. Warrington Wolves, they defeated them, 24 points to 18. And then, of course, the last game featured uh, was against Wigan Warriors, defeating them 28 nil. Obviously, they're building up to something, James. You know, after that first defeat of the season, um, Dylan Napper served his suspension. Yeah. Sam Tomkins seems to be hitting uh, decent form at the moment. You know, if you look at you look at them players, um, Josh Drinkwater and Mitchell Pierce. You know, Tom Davis. Is Rovers the best way for Rovers to get a victory is to concentrate on their game and not worry about the opposition? I think I think it is. I think you know. To be honest, it's going to be a, a sort of probably a raucous atmosphere again on Friday night in Perpignan, as it always is. Um, but yeah, I think they've just got to play their own, you know, try and play their own game. And that you know, you look at that Catalan squad, and you're just thinking there, there aren't any weaknesses in it. You know, they've they've lost this area to suspension, and they're bringing in Dylan Napper back in, and. You, you, you just think, yeah, there's the, the, the very strong across the whole park, and I said the results of the team that's really been able to, um, I suppose, really compete with them is has been St Helens, and you know we'll see at first how uh, how good St Helens are um, this season. So yeah, I think we have just got to sort of go out. We've got nothing, you know, we've got nothing to lose. I think <laughs> just you know, let's play our game, you know. And I think I think hopefully, you know, taking on some confidence from from last Friday night, and uh, being able to sort of end up coming coming back and sort of holding on to you know to win to grit out a win. Hopefully, that that's going to give them some confidence. Sure, then they can they can really tough it out and just play let's play the normal game. Yeah, I wonder, Mark, is that the kind of mindset change that we need though? That um, we need to stop maybe accepting free hits. And we need to, you know, to try and look at every game as, as, as I'm sure Tony Smith is looking at every game as being winnable. But that mindset uh, yeah. shifting that, you know, free hits and stuff like that, that we should be going to Catalan and actually expect not not expecting to beat them, but but compete at the at the very you know highest level. Yeah, we certainly need to move away from that, don't we? The also runs all that uh, underdog scenario. Um, I mean, we went to Warrington, didn't we, last year? Um, and that was the pleasing. We saw together then, weren't we? We had like we had Tate, Mustafa, Ron Milnes on the bench, but went there 19 0. You know what I mean? Who would have thought that? So we need to go there. I think we've lost a bit of that somewhere in the last three months, that unity. I don't know what's happened. So let's get that back, that team spirit back. And I think the, the actual performances will improve. Maybe not on Friday, but let's see how we go. Yeah, and and uh, you know, there's there's no doubt that, like you've already mentioned there, James, that the forward pack they've got is really impressive. Obviously, uh, Mitchell Pierce came in, uh, big name player, and obviously Catalan have that ability, don't they, to, to sign the big names. But one player we're used to seeing yeah. at Rovers is is Josh Drinkwater, and I don't know what is down in the south of France, but he um he, he look he looks like he's enjoying yeah. his time there. But I think we've got Steve Brady who's able to join us now. Steve, how are you doing? Yeah, bonsoir. Can you hear me? Eventually, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> You're not the only one. Who's... You're not the only one who's been suffering internet problems, Steve. So, yeah, whether you're in <laughs> the south of France or whether you're in East Coast. Steve's fine. Well. 
we live in the mountains here, right in the mountains, the Pyrenees overlooking Perpignan. And the signal's bad anyway, but getting it from Hull, 10 times worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, Steve. I've, I've just given out the Catalan squad for, for Friday night. Oh, who thank were, God for that. <laughs> who have been the star names so far this season for Catalan? Funny, mate, because obviously before the season, when, when Jimmy Maloney said he wasn't going to do the extra year, and then Steve Max and Mitchell Pierce, everyone's going, wow, you know, he's a god of NRL, fantastic halfback, and he's going to be a, like a, a younger Jimmy, more exciting. And then game one, St. Helens was anonymous. Game two, three, four, he only really knows he's coming, coming good. So I think you've got to watch out for Mitchell Pierce on Friday, must admit. You've got virtually a, a one to 17, the, the numbers, apart from Julian Busquet, number 10. You've got a full strength Catalan squad there. So I, you're up against it. There's no two ways about it. I know you guys have got injuries and uh, you never know with Catalans, of course, it's unpredictable. But watch out for Mitchell Pierce. He's coming good. He's been a slow burn so far, 25 rounds. But uh, I, th I think the guy's ready. We saw against Warrington flickers of it. And then uh, last week, it was just incredible. I, I just thought he, he just shone in the rain as well, in the pouring gloom of, of the south of France. Uh, it was incredible, I thought. Josh Drinkwater and, and Mitchell Pierce ran the game against Wigan, and Wigan, Wigan didn't have a chance uh, because they just, they just they handled it so coolly between them. And I think he's getting better and better, Mitch. And I, I think Friday, he could shine. No, no offence. I, I think he's, he's in his pomp now. And how, how important is Josh uh, Drinkwater to that dynamic in, in allowing Mitchell Pearce to, to play the game that he wants to? You know, Josh, he, he spent time with you. He, he ain't the most expressive of... Uh, we call him the ice man over here. He's like ice Josh Drinkwater. <laughs> uh, he doesn't show his emotions too much until Josh Chandler kicks him in the knee. Uh, <laughs> he showed a bit then. But, uh, yeah, I think I think he played well with Jimmy. He's had a couple of partners now at, at, at Catalan's. Uh, it just seems to have clicked with, with Mitch Pierce now. Josh always says he wants to be a running, he wants to be a dominant scrum half. He doesn't want to just be a halfback. He wants to be a scrum half. Give him the ball, let him play, let him plot and let him plan. And I think Jimmy was a bit too dominant vocally uh, and, and, and intense in, in the halfback partnership. I think Mitch Pierce is going to let Josh do what he does best. Uh, you probably didn't see in the Hulk yard for whatever reason. But over here, flourishes. Maybe it's the sunshine, or it's not been sunshining for a while. Um, I think Josh Drinkwater's in his prime now. He really is. He's enjoying it. That's the key for me. Catalans at the moment, they're playing with a smile on their face. I know they've, they've had the horrors of the, the bands and losing Napa. He's coming back. That's another problem he's going to get on Friday. <laughs> Might not be a problem for long, the way he's playing, but uh, uh, you'll have an issue there. But Josh Drinkwater, yeah, your question is, I think he's playing the best football he's played since he's come to Catalan Dragons. He's confident. He's happy. He's composed. And I think he's loving the partnership with Mitch. Mitch is allowing Josh to do what he does best, and that's be a dominant scrum half at number seven. Yeah, you just mentioned, obviously, the returning Dylan Napa. How excited are the Catalan faithful to be seeing him for, for hopefully a bit longer than they saw him on uh, against St. Helens? They haven't seen him yet, apart from on telly. <laughs> <laughs> he did five minutes against St. Uh, look, he's a big, aggressive, tough Australian with a reputation down under for getting sent off. With these new rules now, disciplinary, we might not see an awful lot of him. So, obviously, he'll have watched the games. I, I was sat behind him uh, at the Wigan game at the weekend at the Brutus, and he's bobbing and weaving like players do when they're down again on the pitch and all that. He's fired up, etc. He knows now. Steve's not stupid. Steve McNamara has told him, you've got to just curtail it, Dylan, or we're not going to see you. You're going to be a player who's just be a name in the books, uh, but not play all season because you're going to get banned all the time. That's his game. He's an intimidator. 
he's, he's a ruthless, more defensive than attacking. Uh, he's the guy that when your forwards take it up the middle, they'll have one eye open for him. They'll be wondering which angle he's, he's coming at him because he, he's vicious, <laughs> as you've seen, and, and he hurts you. And then the other eye, you're going to have Mickey Mack because Mickey Mack's in his pomp as well. So I think we've got to, there's going to be a real ruthless streak about Catalans on Friday with the finesse at half-backs. Uh, and, you know, I, lo- I love you guys, OK? Always great fun when you come. And you've had a couple of years where you can't come. Remember Colin Riley, the, the loneliest man in rugby league, the, the rugby league supporter who came, was the only guy there. We spotted that at Catalan Media and that, that went viral. Uh, you always brought really punched above your weight with spectators over here. Really great atmosphere downtown. Always a, a good fun in the bars and at Perpignan. A bit early in the season now with all the COVID facts. I know it's settled down now, but it, you probably won't have that many over on Friday. Uh, but I, I, I fear, I know you've had some really close games with you, apart from the semi-final last year, which, which nobody's going to win that apart from Catalans. I don't think it'll be close on Friday. I'm really sorry about that. I think Catalans are going to run away with it. Yeah, you're expecting, obviously, a Catalan victory there. If Rovers are to get a sniff of a chance and a, a maybe a sneaker win, where, where are the weaknesses that, that they'd have to expose at the moment? Difficult, really, because you start bombing a weak winger or a young winger. Well, Thuard Yaha's back and he's, he's good under the high ball. Tom Davis has been defensive this season for, the, for last year's top metre maker. His, his real uh, impact for the season so far has been tackling and, and defending. So you, you can't kick to the wings and expect much much change out of that. Sam Tompkins is Sam Tompkins, so you're going to kick to the fullback. Well, it's up to you. He's going to run it back. And then even if Sam goes off, Tyrone May showed an awful lot of promise in the brief instances he stepped in for Sam. I don't know where the weaknesses are. And that's not just being a biased Catalan fan or, or, or anything like that. I don't mean that. I'm looking forward to a good game. Some of the best games we've had is against you guys. I can't see it. I can't see the weakness. I can't see... Look, Tony Smith's a genius. Coaching genius. He's found his mojo again. And, and I, he inspires you guys. You can see the ways doing this creative attacking play, etc. I'm not sure it's going to work Friday. And you're looking for a weakness and shoot like every team does. I can't see it. I can't see it. You're not going to push the forwards over. You might, if you're looking desperately for a weakness, of course, try and wind Dylan Napper up or wind Mickey Mack up or whatever. But I don't think Steve McNamara is going to fall for that one. So <laughs> if you're looking for a weakness, mate, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be the rain or something. But Wigan found it last week because the weather's not good this week. It's, it's just pursuing this bloody relentless rain. It's been a pain in the ass. Uh, I don't think the weather's going to help you. I can't see a weakness. I'm really sorry. No, and that's my only worry is that if, if the weather is bad and, and Rovers were looking mm. to try and play an expansive game, obviously poor weather doesn't really, doesn't really help that, does it? And then if it comes into a forward battle, Mark, do you think our, our forwards will be able to stand up against the, the Catalan forwards? I think certainly we've got a bit more um, weight than we used to have, sort of thing. Um, so they've got to front up on the Vettes and I see Vettes Sims on social media a lot, do you know what I mean? So let's mm. just... Uh, once across that white line, let's get stuck into where uh, this psychopath they've got. Yeah, see what he's got. <laughs> the, weak, the weakness I see, well, obviously you see him every week, Steve, but Paul Yaha going out of his backfield, but I think he's got hands like pig's tits, if I'm honest. He, he'd be the ones I'd be kicking to, if I'm honest, Paul Yaha. That's just my observation of uh, seeing him on telly. Yeah, obviously he isn't the world's greatest defensive winger, but he scores some tries for you. And I think he's polished that side of his game up, you know, I keep going back <laughs> to Steve Mackin analysing what we can see in the weaknesses of Fuad Yaha's game over the past three years. But uh, I, I think he's, he's buffed that side of it up. He's not shown that, that weakness so far this season. I know he's been out uh, since the Warrington game when he pulled his hamstring. Uh, but he's been solid in that direction. That's fair and I know it, you're trying to find the key. I, I just 
can't see where you're going to put the key in the lock. There's nothing there for you on Friday, my friend. I don't think us three can. We just uh, we didn't want you coming on here, certainly. Yeah, and James, is, yeah. He, is, he, is he, James, is he anywhere that Rovers can uh, try and sneak a win? If so, do we need Jordan Abdul and Michael Lewis to be on, on top form like there was uh, for the first half of the Sulphur game? The do I think I think we need we're going to need every player who put put some rubber share on Friday night to be at the top of the game, um, and I think in a, in a way it might be the sort of game where you know the likes of Vetti and Sims can actually come, come you know can really sort of come to the fore because it's you know going to be it's going to be a tough battle up front. Napa coming back, who's just you know going to going to want to sort of prove a point to the uh, the Catalan fans. And that might, in a way, where uh, the likes of like, with Sims and Vete pushing them on as well, um, uh, and yeah, you know, like, like Mark said, you know, we didn't get to go and win in the, in the play. It's you know, it's it's seventeen blokes against seventeen blokes, and anything can happen. You know, we've been there before. As, you know, Steve said we've won unexpectedly. We've been hammered as well, but unexpected in two thousand. We didn't expect to win, and we did. So I say you, you just never know. And Catalans are perhaps due and due an off day. I'm probably clutching at straws now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, obviously Catalan uh, beat Rovers four times last season, including that that playoff victory. And um, it's always nice to get the opinion of someone from afar. What, where do you think Rovers' strengths might be, and and how do you think Rovers might go this season? I think it's going to be the pace in your bats and, and, and putting it out wide. You're not going to win it up the middle. You, you know, you've got to put it up in the air and let your backs run. And you have got speed. You have got creativity. Uh, Tony Smith, I can't tell Tony Smith what to do. They get the guys, like, as I say, an absolute genius. And he'll know. He, he's, he's done it. He's pushed Catalans all the way so closely. And Steve and, and Tony Smith go way back. So Tony knows Steve from when he was a teenager. So he knows what Steve's going to bring up. Uh, it's pace, pace and creativity. You're never going to steamroll them. It's not going to happen, even if it's sunshine or, or, or wet and windy. You've got to put it out wide and put it with pace. And, and at the same time, I'm going to defend. I just, I just can't see it, lads. I'm, I'm really sorry. I've said it a couple of times. I don't want to bore you. Uh, I, I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't, you know, with a genius performance, Catalan's trajectory this season started with a loss at St Helens, a couple of a difficult win at home against Wakefield. And then a good win against Warrington, but let him back in towards the end of the game. And then Wigan, we annihilated Wigan, but Wigan seem to have some kind of mental problems at the moment. I don't know what the issues are, but they're not a happy team. Uh, so that was always going to happen in a way. Uh, but I think this slow burn they've got, everybody's talking about St. Helens now, and they started a million miles an hour. Nobody can keep that up. It's rugby league this. That can't be sustained, and all the pressure's on them now. Catalan's momentum started in a slow canter. So they're going that way instead of going like that. And I, th I think, unfortunately, you're going to tip in a little bit that way on Friday against you guys. And, and, and no offence whatsoever. I don't, I don't mean that. And no disrespect either because it's a great team and, and well coached. I just can't see. I can't, I can't coach your team to victory on Friday. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you're not the only one who thinks that. Um, thanks to Mark Charles at N Charles Bookmakers, they've supplied us some odds for, for Friday night. At the moment, Rovers are 4-1 outright uh, just for the victory. Uh Rovers have got a 14 point handicap at 10 to 11. Uh, mm -hmm. And then if you start looking at the point margins, 
Catalans are six to one to win by one or f- uh, one to five points. Yeah. Uh, five five to one to win by six to ten points. Um, nine to two to win by sixteen to twenty points. And then if you look at Rovers on the on the other side, Rovers fifteen to two to win by one or one between one and five points. Uh, ten to one to win between six and ten. Twenty-five to one to win by eleven to uh, fifteen points. So it's all in favour of the Catalan Dragons at the moment. But what I would say is that games like this it gives chance to um, you know make a name for yourself, doesn't it? And that's that's in the Rover squad. You know, you come away from a victory there, you score a try. You know, all of a sudden you're the you're the big name. So it's for me, it's what Rovers standing up and being counted. And hopefully, one feature that if if Rovers don't Managed to come away from Catalan with a victory is that it's um, you know we're competitive and we don't and we want to get away from seeing these 40, 50 point scorelines against Rovers. We want to see a bit of a more backbone and, and hopefully by uh, by yeah. yeah yeah I was just going to say Mark as well no injuries as well that'd be key. Mm, no injuries. But Steve yeah. yeah Steve I really appreciate <laughs> your time and your insight into the Catalans and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you on later on in the season and I don't think there'll be that many Rovers fans there travelling over in in March but um, you know it's always one of our favourite destinations to go to is Catalan and, and it's it's nice to see that we're warmly received by by yourself Steve and everyone over at Catalan Every time uh, every time you're good fun you know you just like the people down here in Perpignan the Catalan down to us just like the north west and north east of England that, that kind of mentality it's no snobbery or poshness around here it's all down to us rugby league folk and when the Rovers come over they fit in perfect Excellent Thanks Steve hey. Bonsoir. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. Thank you. Who was? I'm going to have a drink now. Yeah, well, I need one after, after his <laughs> preview. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, if, if, if you're honest, you, you, you know, there's a lot of strengths in that Catalan team, isn't there? But I don't, no, I, don't, think... I don't disagree with him, Chris, if I'm honest, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think the key to, to any yeah. success for no. Rovers... No, I don't, I don't. I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm... Yeah. I was going to say that we concentrate on our own game because I think the more you you analyse the opposition and you and you try and figure them out and you try and target certain players, I don't think it'll work for us. Um, yeah, play our own game. I, yeah, I play play our own game. So it's certainly going to be an interesting one. Of course, the game is being played at seven thirty pm over in France. Uh, that's actually UK time. It's not being shown on Sky Sports, but if you've got a dodgy fire stick, you can watch it because it's been shown on uh, BN Sport channel number three. Uh, over in France, so if you do want to watch it, um, you can. Uh, and let's hope that Rovers, you know, I I don't think it'll be as as bad as what uh, Steve's making it out to be, but I do think that that Rovers are really going to have to front up, and I think it's time that some of these big names, you know, for instance, if Corbin Sims gets run out, you know, they've yeah. got to really stand up. Um, and at the end of it, we hope that we get no injuries. Um, earlier on in the week, there was the draw for the sixth mm-hmm. round of the Challenge Cup made. Uh, Hulkington Rovers have been drawn against the Lee Centurions. It's the fourth time in six years that we're going to play them. Um, Rovers today announced that the game's going to be played on Saturday the 26th of May. Uh, it's going to be a 3pm kickoff. Um, tickets are £15 for adults, 10 quid for concessions and 5 quid for kids. Um, James, three games uh, from the final if we win this one. Oh, no, sorry, three games from the final. Uh, now, do you think do you think this is our best opportunity to get some silverware? Yeah, why not? You know, it's 
we're probably not going to win the grand final with this year, let's be honest. But as you say, you only need to win three games, don't you, to win the uh, to, to to win the cup. So why not? I think we we, we need to go into the, into the league game with the attitude. We're going to we're gonna give it a go. You know, I don't think we can afford to sort of rest too many players. I think you know it's important to get players on the pitch, giving them confidence, and sort of getting them. Hopefully, builds the confidence into the rest of the Super League season and, and take it from there. Uh, league going to come fancy their chances. You know, they're having a good season so far. Uh, but there again, but then they did actually seem to struggle against Bradford on in the previous round. So, yeah, got to we've got to give it a go. You know, you're down to a draw. It depends, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a bit of a lottery, really, isn't it? But yeah, you just got to sort of you know, play your normal game and sort of come out on the, hopefully come out on the end of a, of a win, get into the next, into the hat. It, Mark, it's a, it's a good draw, that, isn't it? You know, Lee at home, it, you know, you, when you look at who was potentially, you know, we could have drawn. It's pretty kind, I think. It's a bit of a banana skin, though, as well, isn't it? Because, you know, they're a bit grubs, aren't they? But, and we got beat by Oldham, didn't we, about five years ago? <laughs> well, hey, hey, well, three games from from Tottenham, aren't we? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham's ground. So, as we, uh, as James alluded to, that's our best opportunity to win a trophy. So, we need to put all our eggs in one basket, really, and go in there. That's maybe why he's leaving Kenlin out this week and Dean Adley, maybe, you know, and giving Lachlan Coop maybe mm. another week. And so, we just target that, as you yeah. say. We get, don't make wholesale changes because we're not quite good enough yet to do that, are we? So let's just concentrate on that league game and uh, get in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and just talking about players who might be playing, yeah. um, Len Beecroft has, has said, uh, don't know why, but he's got a funny feeling that Will Tate might play full-back on Friday night. Uh, well, if he does, it'll certainly be a baptism of fire for him, won't it, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, he's a, he's a powerful <laughs> kid, isn't he, to be fair, is Will Tate. And... Uh, I'm not sure if that's his natural position or sensor, but I don't think that'll happen. But if, if it is, surely PLT would play at fullback, wouldn't you? If you got Dagger and Coote out, I'd have thought. But Tate's quick, maybe more of a winger than a fullback as yet. Yeah, but I don't I don't know much about rugby league. I just support Rovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't see that one happening, James. Can yeah. you? Not really, but I said, you know, Tony Smith throws a care ball in there. But you think about towards the back end of the seat last season when uh, Tate had a few games, a few games in the squad. He didn't let anybody down. I thought it was, it was pretty good in the uh, the win at Warrington. You know, he came off the bench and was really solid and really put himself about. So you you never know, and it could be one of those things that's a bit of an X factor that could, you know, just do some do something a bit different and something that you know Catalan aren't expecting. Yeah, and yeah, I know just, we're jumping about yeah. a little bit here. But one player who we've not really spoke about is the returning Will Mark. Do you expect to see him go straight into the first mm. team, Mark? Yeah, I think I do. I mean, I think he um, he's a big lad, isn't he? And a bit of uh, it's hard to look a bit ungainly, isn't he? Um, but I think he improved as mm. the season wore on, and I think he looks a real genuine kid who'll put his hand up. Yeah, he's not overly aggressive, but he doesn't make any errors, and he, he doesn't miss many tackles. And yeah. I think that uh, against a big pack, why not chuck him in? Maybe uh, that's what I think. Just chuck him in on the bench, sort of thing, or even starting because I think he's better starting because he don't give you much impact, does he? No. And, and James was was you one no. of them fans who was calling for his head last season and wanted to see him out the door? No, his no, contract no. was coming up. Not at all. No, I think. Um... I, I quite like Will. I think he's, um, he's just, as, as Mark said, he doesn't make many errors. 
and it's just you know, and I think we need we need players like that who can just come on, you know, you know, come on, solid stint for 20, 25 minutes without making the errors, making the tackles, and he said, you know, he's improved. You know, you can see the improvement from in him through the whole of last season, uh, and again, he was another one that really stood up in the uh, the game at Warrington. In the in the in the playoff, and hopefully he's going to be continuing into this into this season. But you know, I agree. You know, he's one of those players that does divide opinion. I think people want to see him because of his size. They want to think he should be like Alex Wormsley, but he's probably not that sort of kid. You know, he just you know he is he, solid. He doesn't make er- errors. And I think one of the things that we are we do suffer from is when we make an error, opposition. You know, we're just op- opposition teams always seem to capitalise on it. So if we have somebody in there like Will who's not going to make an error, or less make an error, then less likely to have opposition scoring. So I could I'd, I'd play him. Yeah, and he's uh, for me uh, the thing with Will Marys is um, he's a player that you might not notice when he's playing, but you certainly notice when he's not. And I think Rovers have probably been, you know, I think Rovers have certainly missed mm-hmm. somebody like him this season. Uh, and it just does throw up a bit of competition there now, doesn't it? Because you've got Tom Garrett, uh, obviously did, yeah. did okay against Salford. Potentially the returning Corbin Sims, Albert Vetti, George King, uh, Matty Stoughton. You know, when you start looking at them players, you think, you know, who, who could feature? And, you know, the fact that Will Mars coming back, you could maybe see Garrett going into the second row. Uh, but that, that's what's exciting. I think the only thing that, that frustrates me with, uh, well, not frustrates, but when they announce these squads is you don't know who's quite ca- carrying niggles. You don't know who's 80% fit at the time and in the squad. You don't know who maybe picks up an injury. And mm. we've already seen this season, haven't we, with uh, Matty Stoughton not being able to get to the game because he was <laughs> stuck yeah. in snow and, and, you know, late changes, etc. That Snowed it's really in, important man. that we... Yeah, yeah, that we have these these players available. A bit more club news. Uh, congratulations to Rovers women who edged out Stanley in the uh, their first League Cup game. They came away fourteen points to eight victors. Um, and for people who are interested uh, in watching um, some rugby league at Craven Park uh, this weekend, the reserves are in action against St Helens, nineteenth of March, two thirty pm kickoff at Craven Park. So. It'd be interesting to see how Danny Maguire goes with that and what players he's got available to him. Um, with Rovers travelling to Catalan there and back on the day, obviously it frees up some players. So there's a chance you might see some first-teamers lining up. Um, and I know we've already mentioned about the um, the reserves and, and the worth of it, etc. But there's got to be a point where some of these players actually play because, for instance, Will Myers coming back into the side without any real any rugby under his belt. You know, this... This game against Catalan might be one too soon for him, and, and there's a chance you might see him line up for the uh, reserves on on Sunday. So it's certainly going to be interesting. And that brings an end to this week's Red Robin Podcast Weekly. Just before we go, boys, I know Steve's put a, a bit of doom and gloom into us, and I know we're all maybe fearing the worst on on Saturday uh, on Friday night, sorry, against Catalan. But I'm going to put you on the spot for a, a score prediction first. You, Mark, twenty-eight twelve, Catalan. 2812 and to you, James. Um 2614 Catalan. Yeah, well I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my uh, neck on the line here, but I'm I'm gonna predict um a Rover's victory. There you go. I'll go against <laughs> the grain. And then I, and if it does come off, I'll be the one who, who calls it. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Johnson, take that take that red wine away from Chris. <laughs> yeah. But no, Hugh yeah, Francis, <laughs> 
A huge thank you to you, uh, Mark and James, and of course, Steve from Catalan Media for joining us this evening. And a reminder that our game against Catalan kicks off at 7.30pm on Friday. And of course, it is not being shown on Sky Sports. The Red Robin podcast is powered by 360 Chart Accountants and Budget Tyres Auto Centre. And remember, live, love, laugh and be happy. (laughs) 